Hi, welcome to What's On Your Minds. I'm Peter Snowarts, and today I'm going to give you somebody who is originally born in Finland, now lives in the most beautiful city in the world, Kent. Her name is Jenny Björklov. She is one of the driving women behind the freelance community in Belgium, and she is sharing lots of tips um, when you want to become a freelancer, and she is sharing her journey with us. Enjoy this very inspiring woman. Welcome to What's on Your Mind with Peter Snowart. Every week a guest talks about his or her story, and that story can inspire you to change your own. Here's Peter. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Peter. We're going to start with a very easy question. Yes. How are, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm, as always, excellent. Okay, cool. <laughs> now, um... Yeah, but, but, but what are we? February, beginning of March, almost, um, twenty twenty one. Maybe that, that this question has been you asked quite a, a, a lot, but I'm going to ask you anyway. This whole Corona thing is this for you something? Is that an opportunity from a professional or private point of view, or is it more like yeah, a challenging thing where you are suffering and you have to yeah rebuild everything that you are doing? How do you see that whole? I see it as both. It's a it's a blessing and a curse. It's something positive and negative. It's uh, it's proof that the only constant is change. Okay. And that it's better to be adaptable before anything else. So for me professionally, I have worked remotely already for some years ever since I became a freelancer. I've tried to work at remotely as much as possible to have as much freedom as possible. So for me, it's positive in a way that now it's yeah accepted and it's normal to work mm-hmm. remotely. But at the same time, I miss people. Yeah, you can imagine that. Um, the so you do everything, everything, everything is remote done right now for you. Yes. So before my agenda was full in the evening with uh, networking events, and that's not happening anymore. Okay. Now you mentioned already the world, uh, the word freelancers, networking. Where did you get that passion? Um, I think I've always had entrepreneur, entrepreneurial dreams. Is, is, uh, that, is, is that because you were raised in, in a family? Um... Uh, yes. So my both my mother, she used to have uh, an antique shop. Okay. And my father, he used to run his own business and he was uh, doing concrete floors. Okay. So, and in that way, they inspired you to, yeah, for you, it was quite easy. Once I'm graduated from university, I'm going to become, I'm going to start my own company. Mm, it wasn't that linear. It was more like, I want to start a business, but I have no idea what I want to do. Okay, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. How did you discover? I mean, I'm not going to tell, ask what, what are your passions, but how how did you discover what was your thing in in terms of freelancing? Um, it's a long story, but I will share it. I uh, was working at Volvo Trucks, mm-hmm. a big corporation, yeah. and I always had my entrepreneurial dreams. So, and I was a bit tired of wanting to do so many things and improve so many things, but there was always a lack of time, money, resources, or willingness. 
And uh, so when my cousin called me from Ireland mm -hmm. uh, and asked me, hey, Jenny, I want to start a business, but I don't have time. Can you come and do it for me? I thought this is a perfect opportunity for me to discover what it really mm -hmm. is to start a business and to do it in a risk-free way because she paid me a small wage. Okay. So I thought, okay, let's do it. So I moved to Ireland. I, I, I was really in a crossroads at Volvo then because they offered me a full-time contract and I was even looking at buying houses and stuff. And then I got this offer. And then I thought, what will I be more glad that I uh, did in five years or in my grave? And then I thought, no, we have to do the, the wild thing. So I quit my job and left Belgium. I'm originally from Finland. Yeah. And I left Belgium and went to Ireland to start a business in um, setting up garden houses, okay. uh, garden house offices, like she caves or man caves okay. in, the, in the garden. And then I went from having 200 colleagues and knowing exactly what to do every day to being just me and not knowing anything. And I was thinking like, how do people deal with this? And then I thought, I have to do something called networking. And I started to look for networking opportunities and I couldn't find anything that really fit. But, but why, why, why was the networking so, I mean, how did you discover that networking? Yeah, so you were, you were... I was thinking that the best way that I can learn uh, how to do this the best way is to talk with people who have yeah. done it before. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. And I was thinking like, yeah, so how do I find these people that's through these kinds of networking events? And I couldn't find anything that was fitting my own situation. I found like um, a chambers of commerce yep. kinds of things. And I thought they are a little bit too stiff, mm -hmm. boring. Then I found that was uh, at the time when it was uh, the tech startup scene was booming. And then I thought, hmm, I'm a woman in construction. I don't really fit with these beer drinking tech IT T nerds. T-shirts wearing thing, <laughs> sneakers. And then yeah, and then I found uh, like these female entrepreneurship clubs, cool. and again I was like, "But that's like shooting myself in the foot. I need uh, I need input from everyone." Mm -hmm. And then I found something called Entrepreneurs Anonymous. Okay. And I was like, "Okay, this is perfect for me. This is meeting for free in the pub uh, once a month. You hear a founder story and you meet interesting people. Everybody's welcome." So I thought, "Okay, this is what I want." But the problem was, it was 300 kilometers away from me. Okay. So I thought, I will not drive there and back just for that. So I called the organizer and said, hey, can you please come and organize it in my city in Ireland? And then he said, no, but you can. Mm. And that's how I discovered my passion. Ah, cool. That's a cool so story. I, <laughs> so I realized... Uh, with my cousin's business, which wasn't really going so well, that maybe I wasn't so good at running my own business, but I'm damn good at supporting other people building their dreams. Mm. And I had a um, skill for remembering people, okay. remembering people what they want and their challenges and their names, and then being able to connect them with each other so that they could forward each other. And I started organizing these events and I realized that that the hardest part about organizing networking events is actually getting people to come. Okay. Why? 
Um, because people are afraid of networking. They think it's sleazy. The people are trying to sell something. They don't like talk to strangers. Those are the aspects, um, but also you compete with time. So people are busy. Okay. So you have to have a compelling enough reason for people to actually spend time. Unless you are bringing some guests, which is quite yeah. attractive. Indeed. Uh, so, uh, hmm. so I started experimenting with all these, like how to bring content, how to, how to uh, create websites so that people get attracted to come. So I also, while organizing events, I also kind of self-learned all kinds of things around digital marketing because every event is like a little business in itself. Mm -hmm. So okay. I learned copywriting, I learned a bit of design, I learned, learned uh, how email marketing works, how community building works and all this. And then uh, after one year in Ireland, I came back to Belgium. And was, was, there, was there a reason that you came back? Uh, I was uh, in a relationship okay. and, and it was a long-term, a long-distance relationship. So that was, I, I, I was really thinking, do I, do I continue uh, building my life in Ireland or do I go back mm. to, to Belgium? And, and Belgium felt more like home. Ah, cool. Cool. Now, um, <clears throat> networking, um, I mean, it's no... I mean, for networking for me is also the fact that you, when you go to physically, of course, eh, to an event, you bump into people um, by accident, which is, I like, that's the, that's, I think that's the great part, the fun part of it. I mean, can you replicate that on in, in a virtual environment? Uh, yes, you can. Okay. I try to do that in all my online events. <laughs> mm. And so I use... For example, the Belgian company Conversation Starter, mm -hmm. then it's maybe not so random who you meet because you will actually know, uh, know who you're meeting with. But you can also do it in a sort of like chat roulette kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For example, in Zoom breakout rooms, then you yeah. can yeah, yeah, yeah. meet more random people. I also try to uh, prompt people to add, for example, their LinkedIn profiles in the chat so that at least you can connect with the other participants because I think it's so so sad when you have a webinar and you have a connection there, you have an in, a common interest, but you don't know who they are. Mm, so cool. then when people put at least their LinkedIn profile in the, in the comments, then at least you know who's there. Mm, cool. And also that you put your full name in the, in yeah, the participants. Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Now, for, for you personally, I mean, how long have you been doing this uh, freelance networking community? Uh, well, when I came back to Belgium, that was about five years ago. Okay. So then I worked two years uh, together with a startup investor as, as a project manager. And then after that, I went freelancing. So I've been freelancing for about three years and a bit. And that's also how long I've been running the freelancers in Belgium and community. How did your life change um, from from starting three years ago and now? What were the, what were the things that you did not expect? I mean, I, I can expect that now everybody knows Jenny B. Um, <laughs> that you're so uh, known for that. But what are the side effects that you did not expect? For instance, I mean, like I just mentioned in the in the, in the pre conversation, I do this because I I'm very passionate about it because I really love it. 
And that's, I think, why you should do things. I mean... Absolutely. And the side effect is, of course, people get to know you and people ask you things like... And also your network expands, which was not something that I... That was a side effect, which is <laughs> great, but it's not... That's also how I met you because I met you via Michael Humble. He was, I don't know, tagging your name all the time. And I was like, hmm, who is this person? And that's, <laughs> that's by the way, the reason. Um, so what are so the, the, the side effects that you did not um, knew in the beginning when you started? Uh, well, on the positive side, indeed, to meet incredible people mm -hmm. and to, to also get help from these incredible people. Uh, as a negative side effect, you get a lot more requests okay. from, from people who are not maybe willing to do the work. Okay. So, so for example, a lot of people want to use my Facebook group freelancers in Belgium for various ah. reasons. And then I'm thinking like, why don't you just build your own community instead of using ah, mine? Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to sell, sell or pitch or push their stuff. Yeah. 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 And I also pro um, probably also thanks to my network also get much more speaker requests and this mm -hmm. I didn't really expect, but it's something I enjoy a lot because it, it can help me move my, move my costs. Okay. So what about, what are the topics that you uh, are public speaking about? Um, mostly about empowering freelancers, Okay. but also sometimes around LinkedIn okay. and marketing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, a lot of people want to jump and they, because when I, when I hear your story a little bit from Volvo is that, um, I'm not going to say you were tired of the corporate environment, but a lot of people think a freelancer life is like, uh, you do whatever you want, you do whenever you want, where you want it. Um, but still a lot of people are afraid to leave their, I wouldn't say corporate to their job to yeah, exchange their time for, I wouldn't say freedom, but yeah, they're, they're afraid to jump. Um, Absolutely. Is, is that also something that, um, I mean, that you, that you, that you talk about? Um, I mean, I mean, now you, you, if I would ask you that the same question, like five, five years ago when you were working at Volvo, I mean, I assume that you also uh, were having that kind of fear to jump. Because of course I did. what, what yes. I'm going to do, how I'm going to pay my bills, am I am I any good? Eh? The imposter syndrome. Have I? Do I have something to tell? Have I? Do I have something to offer? I mean, I imagine that you sometimes also get these kind of questions from people who want to start. Absolutely. And w what do you answer then? <laughs> Just do it. No, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> I say freedom comes with responsibility. Mm -hmm. Do your research have some reserve in terms of money because this, the first year is probably going to be quite rough. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, price your services high enough. Mm -hmm. um, what else? Yeah, network, network, network. That I would say to every professional. Now, the, 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 the yeah, you mentioned two interesting things. Uh, the first one is... Uh, price your uh, price high enough, your rate high enough. I am convinced that there is an, uh, a link between, I, my, my wife is a freelancer, 
I, there is a link between the rate you're asking and the image you have of yourself, of your self-worth. Yes. Absolutely. But it's also about the value that you provide. Of course, of course, <laughs> of course. But value is a very subjective thing. Eh? I mean, uh, mm -hmm. if you look at, for instance, uh, I, she's a photographer. I mean, you have photographer, photographers who ask this, uh, this for a day and they have another, and, and another photographer is going to ask that for another day. And then you can debate about the, the quality, et cetera, et cetera. So, but it's, it's, uh, the, the pricing value thing is a very, I mean, I think a lot of freelancers, that's what, at least what I assume, they just take a job. Maybe it's not hundred percent fitting what they really can offer. And then they work like, yeah, hundred hours a week doing something that they don't enjoy and maybe cannot even deliver the quality that they want or that the customer is, 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 uh, is asking. I mean, what, what advice do you give them? Do you say, wait until you have a project, which is like 80% fitting with you or, or, mm. or just go. How, how I started was I did a lot of volunteering okay. because I didn't dare to ask for money for money. And I also wanted to network Mo uh, my first five customers I got thanks to volunteering. Okay. So, and you didn't have to ask for money. They said, no, no, Jenny, we're going to pay you. No, no, no. Uh, like after that, the volunteering was over. Then I asked, is there a way to work together and actually get paid as well? Okay. And then they usually came up with a proposition oh. and then we could start working together. So actually the conclusion is, or the advice is show first your value and then the price will, and then yeah. you can ask for the price in, instead of yeah. the other way around. And also it's also a way for you to see if you like working with that customer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because there you have the, the way, ways of working, the way of communication and uh, uh, what you call it, uh, the respect from both sides. Yeah, the values. Do, yeah. The, the, um, do you also have fired a customer because you the expectations the the way they work is not fitting your values and you you think yeah better it's it, it's better that you find somebody else because i think we, we don't have a, a real click um and it's best of both of us to yeah to have a, a healthy relationship like this but not no longer work together mm, i don't think i've ever properly fired a customer, but I have kind of been fired because I was too entrepreneurial. Too entrepreneurial? Yes. So that means that instead of just doing the, yeah. the task at hand, yeah. I was always trying to improve everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, interesting. Now, um, the second thing you mentioned, which triggered me was, of course, network, network, network. Now, I mean, um, I get a lot of, uh, lots, <laughs> I get some LinkedIn requests. And from people which I don't know, they um, then I accept them and they um, immediately start pitching. And um, you say, ah, I have these bodies to offer. Uh, are you interested in? And I'm like, I mean, I'm not even in that business. I find that very repelling, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, that's for me not networking. I mean, no, no. Is 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 that is that still today, especially with with with, with things like LinkedIn? I mean, I wouldn't say in, in like 10 years ago, yeah, LinkedIn was more like a CV tool, but uh, yeah, networking was really old school. You just meeting somebody in a room 
and you knew it was a networking event. So this means that you could approach that person and then you can talk about things. But the thing was that allez, if you're going to pitch something within the five, allez, the, the, what I want to say, if, if you're within an intention uh, of what's in it for me about taking stuff, I mean, then uh, you will not get a lot of out of a networking because networking is actually long term. And like with everything, I mean, it, it's actually starting a relationship. I mean, you, you're not going to go on a first date and, and ask her to marry or him. I assume, unless it's uh, married, mm -hmm. married at first sight. Um, so, but it's a little similar. And still, I see people making those those mistakes. Do you, as a community, uh, how do you say that? Uh, host? Do you um, do you also, yeah, speak to pe persons who have a not correct behavior? No, I no, you just let ignore. <laughs> uh, I ignore. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because uh, if they don't have the time or respect for me, why should I have the time and yeah, respect okay. Okay. for them? Okay. Maybe this yes, is. I rather spend my time on nice people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I have a, a, a more delicate question: Is it? Do you think? Well, you're 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 a woman. Is it easier? How, how do you say that? I'm going to phrase it like that. If you are an introvert person, eh? I mean, in networking has nothing to do with being extrovert or introvert. But I can imagine if you are a freelancer and you, have, you are a more introverted type, yeah, that you like, that you have to cross some kind of boundaries for yourself to, yeah, get out there and to speak to to, to somebody else. Do you do you also how do you say that um, just advise people just do it or how do you or do you create some kind of emotional safety or something or um, how how do you approach that? Believe it or not, I'm an introvert. Okay. And how I solved it is in two ways. One is social media, so I'm very active on LinkedIn, and that perfect for an introvert because then it's then I'm in control mm -hmm. all the time. Another way how I'm in control every time is that I'm the event organizer. Yeah, because okay. then everybody knows knows me and I don't have to have to do the effort. Okay. But of because course. an yeah. introvert that means that you get exhausted from yeah. from having too much interaction with people. Yeah. So you have so to I also try to when I meet people, try to do it in small groups or one-to-ones. Ah, okay, okay. Ah. Yeah, similar for me too. So you need also time to, to reload your badger, batteries because you had too much, uh, what, what is the term? Um, yeah, um, preckles is the word. Uh, allez, the, um, uh, allez. Yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that, that's, yeah, it's, it's sucking up a little bit too much energy. So yeah, you need to be alone for a while. Okay. Now, um, <clears throat> the, the, the funny thing is, is that we have LinkedIn. Uh, we're going to talk about it in a minute. I mean, <clears throat> I always thought that, I thought, I mean, some people believe that uh, all these digital tools like social media is going to completely replace the, the more physical networking. Um, 
because it's not because you have a connection request with somebody that you have a relationship with somebody. W what is your view on that? Well, if I look back at this exceptional year of 2020-2021, I realized I'm working very closely with a lot of people that I've never met in real life, and it works. It's not the same, <coughs> but it works. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you miss the energy of, of being in, in a room with people and debating Absolutely. and co-creating, of course. Eh? I mean, I can imagine that. Now I notice in, when I have the occasional in-person meeting or go out for a walk with someone, that I have extra energy no. and extra positive vibes. So it's definitely important. Yeah, also the fact is right right now, I mean, we're looking at the screen. I think I'm looking in your eyes, but you're looking somewhere in your camera or whatever. And and <clears throat> that makes it, and also the lighting for me is not uh, not that great. So this means that you cannot see yeah, the other person and the nonverbal, the body language, you cannot see it. And that makes it a little bit harder, like harder. Um, yeah. And normally I would try to at least stand up when I have events, if I'm uh, hosting or moderating online events, to at least stand up to get that dynamic. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. Now, um, I, I you asked me the questions up front, which is actually something I never do. Um, but um, <clears throat> so I'm not going to ask you the question if freelancing, if there is a difference between now and ten years ago, since you. <laughs> did not do that 10 years ago. Have you a vision on freelancing um, now and within 10 years? Do you think a lot of people, because that's an idea that I heard like a couple of years ago, that a lot of people that were going to move into a world where more people are becoming uh, to become an influencer and they're going to do different jobs. Like for me, uh, I work in sales, but I'm also a musician. So these are two separately, and also a podcaster, of course, these are two three separately um, things, but I like them all. And freelance is actually the, yeah, the, the biggest vehicle to, to combine those three. Absolutely. I think you answered my question yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I'm such, so passionate about it as well, to empower people to live in their own terms, whatever it's about combining multiple interests or whether it's about having more time for for your family or your your interests, or if you're a night person and the corporate world only allows for morning, yeah. like so that you can be the best version of you. Okay. Now, um, you, you, what I really like about you is your energy and your purpose. When you talk about the freelancing, you can really feel that your intention is like 100% pure, and it's really beautiful to see and to feel that energy. Now. Um, what are your ambitions with with the, the freelance community? You want to make like be the the world's freelance community host uh, organizer? I mean, I can imagine with that kind of passion and fire that you have. I mean, at night when you are sleeping, at least I assume that you are sleeping. I mean, your dreams must be full of uh, some of them uh, of of ideas in your head of I can do this or I can do that. What's 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 next? It's a it's a great question and it's something that I, I actually made a call for a business coach to help me figure that one out. Because I, that's the post on LinkedIn you posted. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, 
So my problem is that on one hand, I want to live the freelance dream. So be completely free to do whatever I want with whomever I want mm -hmm. at whatever time I want uh, and earn a living from it. Uh, but I also feel like thanks to the, the positive vibes from the community and the need of people that I could and I should build something big so that I can empower as many people as possible to live their dreams. Okay, cool. So I'm, I'm a bit conflicted there because I feel like if I start doing that, then I will lose my freedom. But if I don't do that, a lot of other people will lose theirs. That's, that's a very interesting one that you mentioned. There's the same, um, I wouldn't call it inner dialogue that I have myself. Is that um, because uh, I referred you a coach, which is actually my coach. It's somebody I interviewed on the podcast. Because the thing is, I mean, um, I'm also a very passionate guy. So this means if I believe in something, I want it, I'm going to do it. But this also means that then I come into a kind of phase where I'm always about action, action, action. I mean, I started with releasing one podcast per week, one episode. To this week, I released three. And like today, there were two. Of course, everything is programmed because it's when I'm meeting somebody, I'm like, hmm, that's an interesting person. And then I'm going to ask. And but the thing is, of course, in the combination with the family and okay, playing music is a little bit yeah, I cannot I cannot perform at concerts uh, except for YouTube, but it's not the same. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's combining two jobs, and especially when when with with the three three and a half a year young son, I mean, which I found very actually the most important in my life. Um, I have the tendency to when I go into this kind of focus zone and I go 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 action 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 action, then I and I did that in the past. I lost like my hair. Um, <laughs> is uh, is the fact that I realized that I put my ladder into the, the wrong mountain and I'm like, okay, I have achieved all of this, but is this really what I wanted out of my life? Because maybe I missed putting uh, my son to bed or, or whatever things because I was never at home or I didn't put, put, uh, give, give him my attention. So that's why I hired the coach. <laughs> and the first yeah. And the first thing that she did was to decrease 50% of my time. So I had 50% of my time in action, doing the things, and the other mm -hmm. 50% I need to unfocus. So this means like, yeah, and, and not with Netflix things like that, but really being still and I wouldn't say self-reflecting and really asking myself, what do I really want? What, how, how do I visualize my life that I really want? instead of just being in the action. Because the thing is, when you lose yourself, for me though, is the when I lose myself in action, I cannot be aware anymore of what I really want in life. Yeah. Is, is that resonates with you? A little bit, but still, should you, how much should you re self reflect at some point, you will have to yeah, you have, to, you have to take action. You have to take action, of course. Yeah, but, <laughs> but but the thing is, of course, is that you that I mean, at the end you want to have an, an, a life full of freedom. So this means that, um, and there is no such a thing as an, as a destination, of course. But it's it's finding that right balance of of all the activities that really resonate with who you are. 
because I can imagine that there's some things that you are doing that maybe are not so much part who you are or, do, or you don't like or don't give you energy or but well, you do it anyway um, subconsciously and you're not even aware of it and therefore you need to take the time I, of course uh -huh. the, the, the assignment is not do that for t three years no it's like do that for two weeks or three weeks eh? yeah so um, to, 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 to reflect on that um, did you by the way found your coach I did find three three <laughs> so you, you're working with three coaches at the same time I think I will, uh, I haven't started working with them yet, but I think I will walk, uh, work uh, with two of them at the same time uh, with yeah, figuring out different aspects. And then once I have my action plan, then I will go to the third coach. Okay. okay. I, without calling any names, can, can you explain the difference between the two? Why is the, the one more for the, the practical business side and the other one is more for, um, I don't know, the, the, your mindset or something? Or, or... Yes. Uh, so, uh, just based on the, what I know about them and the level of interaction that we had, I think the mindset one needs to be a little bit kinder. Okay. Uh, so that I can open up and be transparent and, and honest about everything to really open up everything. And then the, the action yeah. coach. Yeah. Uh, basically, when we had a, our call, he was just like, it's time to kick your ass. Okay. Yeah. That's typical, so, of course. Yeah. yeah. So, so based on that. And um, uh, what do you expect by going into these coaching sessions? I mean, do, do you have for yourself, like within three months, I want to be there? Mm, all the coaches ask that question. Yeah, but... uh, in, the, in the intake sessions, and uh, the, the biggest thing is is clarity. Clarity. Because I feel like I have so many, like you said yourself, so many ideas, so many directions I can take. So I would like to get help with yeah, reflecting yeah. what's the right right course to take. Cool. How young are you, if I may ask? I'm 36. At 36. Look, that's cool. Now, um, one of the, the other things that you're doing is LinkedIn. Yes. W when did you get into LinkedIn? Was that like uh, three or four, five years ago when you were studying like email marketing and all the other things? Uh, no, it was when I started to be a freelancer. Yeah. My biggest threshold for being a freelancer was actually to get clients. That scared the hell out of me. Okay, interesting. Like picking up the phone and calling someone I don't know and sell my services. That's how I thought it was going to be. I thought, no, that this is awful. I can't do that. It's scary. It's full of rejection potential. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, because I was getting more and more involved with the digital marketing world, I realized that LinkedIn was getting traction because mm -hmm. it was the time when Microsoft bought LinkedIn. Yep. So they changed the algorithms so that it became something more engaging and not just a, not just a CV, CV portal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I started following some of these LinkedIn gurus. And then there was one guru that said that you have to do to be an expert. And then I thought, how can I become an expert about LinkedIn? 
how can I use this platform to my advantage? So I started a content challenge of 30 days where I posted something every day. And I was thinking, like, who would want to listen to a little starting freelancer like myself? So I had also the imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. But I thought, but my fear of cold calling was bigger than my fear of publishing on LinkedIn mm -hmm. or knowing will LinkedIn work? Because I thought if LinkedIn works, it will make my life so much easier. And that was really good. So that, that uh, content challenge and the report after the content challenge was really my start of, of um, yeah. And then I started getting even requests to do LinkedIn workshops. Mm, interesting. And then that in combination with my access to freelancers mm -hmm. and knowing also that this is a big pain point, I also started organizing uh, workshops specifically for freelancers. Because there's a lot of freelancers who just want to do their trade, but they don't want to do the promotion. Yeah. But to, to be quite open, recording this, having this great conversation is the easy part. And but the, the promotion of it is the, the biggest part. I mean, mm -hmm. email letters and, and, and email, getting email addresses and LinkedIn and uh, Instagram and Facebook and Facebook groups and things like that. That's... Uh, yeah, it, it takes me more time to, to promote it than to than to create it. But the thing is, if you don't promote it, how can you how can you share your gift with the world? How can you let the world know that you are here? Indeed. Because it's a, it's a wasted it's wasted work if you don't show it. Yeah. It, and, and an interesting one, yeah, the imposter syndrome. Yes. Is is it is it is it still something for you? Because sometimes I have that. Eh? I am I, I, yeah. because the the thing is is that I don't want to compare. But sometimes it happens. Eh? The other one has more audience. It's more beautiful graphics, whatever. And I don't know. Sometimes it pops, and then you doubt about yourself, and then you get like. I know, is it universe or something? Then I get a, a DM from Instagram, a voice message from somebody I don't know who says, wow, that was a great conversation. And like for instance, today, the thing right now, I can imagine people are listening and they're like, I want to become a freelancer, but I don't have the guts. She did it. She she, she, she is not so perfect as she looks like. I mean, um, I also, I maybe I can also do that. Maybe also I can find a coach. And just those small messages that, that they mm -hmm. give you fire again and they're like, ah, okay, whatever. Um, is it, is it something that you also work on, on that or you don't suffer anymore from that syndrome? I still suffer from it sometimes, but the more you do, the bigger your comfort zone yeah. gets and, and the less you suffer yeah. from it. So the, like, that's what I would say, try to, to go out of the comfort zone as much as possible. And then your comfort zone gets bigger. But the problem is then you get addicted to that little yeah, adrenaline feeling that you also have when going out of the comfort zone. So then it will become more and more challenging to come up with doing things that that creates these butterflies in your stomach. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is there an area that you are right now exploring that you... That you're like, mm -hmm. it's like tipping your toes. Eh? You, you mentioned you studied seven years ago a podcasting uh, course in, in, uh, in, in university or high school. And uh, 
is 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 there an area at at this moment next to freelancing next to linkedin that you are yeah i don't know tiktok or whatever uh, that you want to uh that you want to taste and maybe but still are a little bit reluctant well right now uh so far i've only worked by myself yeah. so now i'm working more on working with people okay that's a big big um how do you call it a challenge because it's about uh, in a way losing control but i have now more than 30 community managers uh, working for the cause of freelancers in belgium uh, contributing with their time and expertise for free so to to manage that is it's a big big challenge but it's a challenge that i accept with gratitude and with pleasure because you you don't want to it's your baby who is getting bigger and bigger and so other people are involved so you want to make sure that your baby has still the same i wouldn't say values or principles yeah. uh uh once when you started uh, i assume Indeed. and then it's also a big change from going from being the actor uh, to change it to be the director. Yeah, it's like um, being in an orchestra when you play the flute or the guitar, and then suddenly you are the the, the guy with with the stick in front, yeah. and yeah, you only have a stick, so the other ones have to play. They have to make sure they are playing together, and they are creating they are creating beautiful music and not some kind of uh, yeah. Uh, so the, the tasks completely, yeah, the work completely changes. Mm, excellent. Now, if you would go back in time, Jenny, three years, uh, three, four years when you started, what, what, what are the three things that you would, the lessons that you would say to yourself? Because you're, you're starting as a freelancer, what are the lessons you would say to yourself? Uh, well, what helped me a lot was to dedicate the first year just to explore. Okay. So I didn't say no to anything. So I was doing tequila tastings, cowboy parties. I was doing networking events of various kinds. I didn't, I didn't care. I just said yes and, and did it. And I learned a lot. And I learned a lot which types of clients that I like to work with and what I was good at. Mm -hmm. So that would be like, A, have a buffer. Have, an, have a buffer for, for money. Keep your costs as low as you can. So that you can afford to explore. Mm -hmm. uh, second tip is network, 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 and that means help as many people as you can. It will come back. And uh, publish content consistently. Okay. And show your expertise. And uh, the content needs to, that needs needs that to be perfect because a lot of people they want to do they want to bring out content, but they are always trying to find that kind of perfection, but they they don't release it because my first video that I did one year ago it I mean <laughs> the audio sucked and the video sucked, but I did it anyway to get just to, to get yeah. that otherwise yeah. because I recorded four, five times, and yeah. It was not like what I wanted in my head, but I just released it because I had to push myself to get the next step. Otherwise, I wouldn't have taken the next step. 
Yeah. What, what's your advice on that? With, with the con- I mean, you, you, you can't tell me that the first thing that you brought out was immediately perfectly... No, of course not. But what I've noticed uh, and my most successful posts are simply questions. So it's about giving the attention to the audience instead of talking and sharing yourself, yeah. but to ask insights and input from your audience. That's really works like wonders. And then, then you really create a connection mm. and, and feel good. Where, where do you, where do you get the inspiration of your questions? Um, my life. So for example, Hey, uh, I need a business coach. Yeah. Hey, how do you select a business coach? Ah. Those are the things I'm struggling with right now. Before it was, um, Hey, I'm doing my first, uh, speech for Toastmasters. I'm nervous. Help. Is your, is your big dream also doing it TEDx? No. No. Okay. I will do it if I will get asked for to do it, but I will not. Okay. Now, um, if we go back 20 years ago, so you, then you were 16, around 16, 18. Uh, imagine that. What did, and you go can go back with and you meeting the Jenny of when she's 16 years, 18 years young. What what would you tell her? Two things. Uh, don't stress about not knowing what you want to do when you grow up. And network, network, network. Even I have done. I have done a lot of things to realize my dreams. Uh, for example, the biggest things is move abroad. That was a, a dream of mine. And to start a business, also a big dream of mine. And I've done those. But I wish I would have networked more because it would have made everything so much easier. Cool. And uh, don't stress about knowing what to do. Uh, th- that was constantly on my mind until six years ago. Uh, it's nicer than just to explore different things, just to figure out what is it that you are good at. I like the, I like the Ikigai yeah. diagram. So that means what you're good at, what the world needs, what the world is willing to pay for. Yeah. you like. Are you reading books? Yes. What, what, is, what is one of your favorites you're reading right now or you have read? Mm, I just finished uh, a book about negotiation. Ah, is it from uh, Chris Voss? Yes. So, uh, never split the difference? Yes. Is it good? It's excellent. I loved it. Okay. I, 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 it was one of the next one uh, on my list to, to, to buy and to read because I... I heard him talk a lot, and uh, yeah, you see him popping up every, everywhere. Eh? I mean, uh, in, 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 in TEDx, in, in, in Isle of Marketing podcast, wherever, he, uh, he, he is there. I mean, I, I haven't read the book. Is there, is there one golden nugget that you can say, this is something that I, that I learned that I did not knew? No? Uh, basically, one is uh, give autonomy to your counterpart. So have them say no at one point. That was something that for me was completely opposite of. Mm, because, because you thought they, you needed to them to say yes. Yeah. Ah. So that was, that was an interesting. Okay. Because if they can say no at one point, then they will be more open. And then I thought that makes 
so much sense. And and next to books, are there any other people that 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 you admire, that you follow? I mean, like the the, the Gary Vaynerchuk's type of guys, girls. Is there is there anybody who is? I wouldn't say a role, role model, but that you like. Um, one day, I, I would like to have a conversation with him or her. That would be Adam Grant. Okay. So he he dedicates his life to making work suck less. Okay. Oh, that's the that's the guy from um, To Give or To Take. Yeah. The bold guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Did you read that? Did you read that book? To Give uh, or Take. I've read his book Originals. Ah. And also, he has also a nice podcast. I know what you get. You will, you will. I will send you the book "Give or Take" from Adam Grant. It's a beautiful book because you're talking about networking, and to give or to take. Uh, one of the the the, the, the characters, the, the the persons he's talking about, is actually one of the biggest networkers in the world, um, and he's mentioned in the book, and it's uh, it's it's amazing, and it's it's really about the the, the question. Okay. Well, this is the thing eh? you say I'm going to help other people um, you're giving a lot but some people are takers they they just take from you I mean they mm -hmm. take from everybody hmm? and then you have like the matchers they have like I give you something you give me something back eh? and of course then you have the more um, yeah some people are I used to be like that I mean I used to be in, in, in my private life personal life a giver and then in professional life I thought I need to do I give or give and take uh, to, to give and to give back so I had to match and when I read that book I was like no fuck it I'm going to be me I'm just a giver and sometimes you meet people who are going to um, take advantage of that uh, of course luckily that's the minority and yeah I mean Indeed. and then it's I mean and um, I mean it doesn't mean to be a giver that you have to let everybody roll over you of course eh? and Indeed. And that's uh, and also the conclusion of the book is um, is that uh, the, the the people who are losing in life are losing are the givers, but the people who are winning also are also the givers. So uh, I'm going to send you that book. It's a really it's a it's a yeah it's a, it's it's a, it's a great book. It's a really a recommendation and it fits perfectly in your street about the networking. Perfect. Now um, Adam Grant. Um, what is for you a crazy well i mean crazy yeah it needs to be so crazy a crazy dream like for me if tomorrow um chris martin would call and he said peter or guitar player and i hope not he has uh, something with his hands he cannot play are you in to go and tour with coldplay for a year i would say hell yeah <laughs> i mean um, I don't like even their music. I like their shows and their energy. Eh? The live shows, they are amazing. Eh? Um, don't say that out loud. You will not yeah, have okay, your... Okay. But, but, I mean, it's great music. It's great music. But, I mean, I, I, I'm so fan of them, of their live shows, their CDs. Mm, um, but that's one of my things, I think, fam. What, what is for you um, one of such a crazy dream? Or you don't have any crazy dreams? Well, I'm, I'm glad that I could get the questions in advance because I needed to think about this one because I'm quite a realistic person and I think I have quite realistic dreams as well but rather crazy so this year I want to be on Belgian national TV to talk about freelancing mm. 
at one point when we're allowed, I want to organize a freelancers in Belgium cruise. Cruise? Cruise. Okay, cool. And when I'm old and bored, I want to write a det detective book. Mm. Cool. Yeah. But the, the, first, the, the first two, especially the first one, I mean, I'm pretty sure that you, with your connections, I mean, it's quite easy. Yes, those things will happen. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do, you, do, you, do you know things like the law of attraction? Do you know that? Are you aware of the, those kind of things? I've heard about it. I think it's a little bit too... Uh, Woolly. Yeah. Yes, but I do believe in the principle that, yeah, your focus determines your yeah. reality. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And also that you should tell your dreams to everyone who's willing to listen, because that's how they... That's that's how they come true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Eh? It it has, has it has also a lot to do with with the mindset, of course. Eh? If you always see negative things and uh, problems, uh, yeah, that's true. Okay, is there is there anything else that uh, we did not touch upon that uh, I wouldn't say I forgot to ask, but that you um, that you want to mention? Um, let's see. You you mentioned a few times already. Just do it. I would say, indeed, just do it, but do your research and have a backup. I, I still have a question for you. I still, the one popped in my head. Who is Jenny within 10 years? Oh, <laughs> I wrote down my, uh, I wrote down my age then. So I'm now 36. In 10 years, I will be 46. And that really was confronting. But, uh, Answering this question was also very confronting because I think I would want to do pretty much the same thing as I'm doing now with uh, probably adding a house, a family and a dog. Okay. okay. But, and also to have a month or two a year in my summer cottage in Finland, which ah. I bought, which I bought uh, last year. Ah, okay, cool. That was also a dream of mine, and uh, that came true because I, I had a, my bucket list in my toilet, and then my brother came to visit me, and uh, my two reasons why I didn't want to buy a cottage just yet was I didn't have enough money, and I was afraid that if I go and visit my family in Finland, yeah, everybody knows that if you have a house, that's a lot of time that goes into fixing it, that I will never see my family. And then my brother said, why don't we buy a summer cottage together? Mm. But then those both two problems were solved. What, what is for you, you have now been living quite a while in Belgium, what's for you like the biggest difference, dif, uh, the, uh, difference in culture between like the Belgians? For me, it's, it's more the Flemish part you're living in, 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 in Belgium. Eh? Uh, and, and Finland? Because I, I don't know a lot of Finnish people, so I, I cannot imagine what the difference is between life here and there. I know that alcohol is more expensive there, if I'm correct. Um, what, what, what for you the biggest? Did you did you have to adapt or to to, to... No, I think uh, both Finnish and Belgians are rather humble people. Okay. What I do like more here than there is, in Finland, I feel a bit like it's a 
punishment if you're enjoying your life a little bit too much. That you should be working and you should be suffering a bit to be like a good human. Whereas here in Belgium, I see people, they work hard, but they also play hard. People really enjoy life. They enjoy good food. They enjoy culture. They enjoy... They simply enjoy life, whereas in Finland, it's a bit less. And here in Belgium, people also go out more. In Finland, because of the distances and probably the cold and the darkness, people spend a lot of time at home, whereas Belgians are always out and about. And that that's a nicer nicer dynamic, of course, when it's not but, Corona. But you live in Ghent, eh? Yes. And you go to the Ghent Sansa Feesten also? Oh, that's my favorite. Is, is it? Yes. Then you have to go when it's over. Oh. Then... I will show you how, how much of a fan I am of Ghent. Here is a three meter uh, painting ah, of Ghent. Okay. Cool. I posted about that on LinkedIn. That's on the same hills plane. Yes. Near the water. Well, when you when you when you when you go to the Hansa Feesten when it's uh, when it's open again, then you have to come to the Runtemart. Then I will play there. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Jenny, thanks a lot for the conversation. I really liked it. Thanks a lot for the great tips and advices to 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 share some of your yeah insights of your journey, and uh, I'm. 100%, 300% sure that, um, that 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 whomever who is listening will be inspired maybe to take action of their own life and to follow their dreams and their passions. Okay. I, I will share in the comments uh, all your social media links so Perfect. that... Uh, if this conversation uh, led to some kind of action, I would also love to hear it. So just connect and, and reach out. Of course. Thanks a lot. Eh? Bye-bye. Eh? Thank you. Hey, it's Peter here. Thanks a lot for listening to What's On Your Mind. Looking forward to your opinions and comments. And don't forget to subscribe on psgrow.com and leave your email address to stay tuned for future episodes. Bye!